Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hi guys, welcome back to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. It's my honor and privilege today to welcome a man who I have followed in the, in the world of copywriting for many years, even since I basically got got started in, in the industry like uh, 15 or 16 years ago, um, which goes to show how long he's been doing this and how much experience uh, uh, he has in, in, the, in the industry. So um, our guest today is Carl Galetti. So I'd like to welcome you to call Carl and, and thanks for coming on. Well, nice to be here, Brian. Uh, happy to do this for you. Not a problem. I'm sure that you've got uh, uh, plenty of stuff to, to share with us. So. Um, for uh, listeners who um, are uh, uh, not aware, let, let's let's uh, tell them a bit about yourself. But uh, uh, what did you want to uh, um, uh, cover first? Well, um, I'm gonna yeah, I'll give you a brief rundown of you know what I've done and where uh, you know where I've gone, and then yeah. we'll cover some more interesting stuff. But uh, at the uh, at the end, what I want to do is present a couple things that are useful to anyone listening and interested in copywriting or even writing in general. Uh, one is uh, how to be a better copywriter uh, or how yeah. to be a better writer. Period. Mm. Uh, it, I you know it could be applied to copywriting, could be applied to novel writing, uh, nonfiction writing, comedy writing, any kind of writing. Yeah. Uh, that you want to do. Uh, and the other thing is I'll tell you something that's better than money. How's Ooh, that? Better okay. than money. <laughs> so, those two things will take about five minutes. We'll do that at the end. Oh, I can't wait for those. Okay. So, um, uh, to just get started, give you a brief rundown. Uh, I got interested in copywriting way back, um, I forget the year. <laughs> you don't want to know the year, and you'll know how old I am. But um, uh, I got interested in copywriting because um, at the time I, I was doing some real estate business. I was a real estate uh, broker, salesperson, and um, and I, I went to these seminars. And I noticed, you know, there were a lot of people at the seminars. They were charging, I don't know, four or $500 for it was a single day seminar. I, I counted up the room and I thought, gee, there are a lot of people here. That's a lot of money. I wonder how much uh, it costs to actually put on one of these things. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, well, what if I hired a speaker? How much could they charge? It's only one day, right? So yeah. and I, I got extravagant with that, put a, two or $3,000 on it. And then I figured how much could it cost to rent this room? It's only, you know, this room. Uh, okay. It's not that big. I mean, well, it's pretty big, but it's, you know, how much can that cost? And, you know, it seemed to me that there was a lot of money left over and I figured, well, where could all the, where could all the cost go? And I finally narrowed it down to, um, the thing to make something like that work was the promotion. And how do you do, how do you get a successful promotion? That's the question went through my mind. And I had actually studied a little copywriting before this. I read uh, David Ogilvy's uh, Confessions of an Advertising Man prior to that. And I mm. had sort of dipped my foot into a little 
copywriting and advertising um, with a little project that got a really good response, like a 4% uh, response from um, uh, this is an educational based product. And so um, I thought, you know, that's what I need to study. So I was looking into it and I used to uh, get Entrepreneur Magazine and in the back they had all these courses, you know, and I used to go over them and lust over the ones that I wanted to get. And then finally I decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to get uh, one of these courses. I saw one on how to create a seminar business, right? So then I started, you know, adding one or two, or, you know, kind of narrowed it down to maybe three courses, I think, uh, that I wanted uh, out of all the ones. And I called them up on the phone and I said, you know, I want to order this course and I, these three courses. And they said, have we got a deal for you? Not actually in those words, <laughs> but have we got a deal for you? Turns out that we're having this special and for just a little bit more money, we can not give you this, we can give you this whole package of courses in these big binders and, uh, and, and we give you some optional courses and you can pick those, those as your optional courses. Actually, I think one or two of them were in the, the main package. And the other one was, uh, you know, a throw in that you can, you know, pick mm. from a, a number of things. So I went for that. And because of that, I got on, because the guy who actually engineered that whole thing was Jay Abraham. So I bought that. And because of that, Jay Abraham sent me a promotion for his newsletter. And this is your marketing genius at work newsletter. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was $500 for a year. And he didn't promise to go on beyond that. And I, I thought, you know, I never spent $500 for a newsletter in my life, but man, I read the, the sales letter he sent to me yeah. and I thought, wow, this guy is fantastic. He, he makes $2,000 an hour consulting on a phone. I will know everything he knows. And not only that, I want to know everyone he learned from because yeah. I want to learn from those things too. Turns out one of the, one of his main things was, uh, you know, scientific advertising, which he actually printed in, in that newsletter. It was more than a regular newsletter. When you say newsletter, you think of like an eight page or whatever. This was like a variable from month to month, but some of them were uh, 40, 50 pages long. Wow. It went over a year. I still have it in a loose leaf binder. Um, but anyway, and because of that, uh, you know, and I, I'd look forward every month to that newsletter coming. And as soon as it would come in the mail, I read it from cover to cover as soon as I got it. And I, you know, start studying and implementing from that. Uh, but then a, a, a couple months after that, I, I had signed up and started the newsletter. I got this other letter from Gary Halbert. Now, I didn't know who Gary Halbert was at the time, but one of the things in Jay's Your Marketing Genius at Work was a reprint of the Boron Letters, which you probably yeah. familiar with. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, but he didn't, he didn't say it was Gary Halbert, but when I read through the Boron letters, I said, this is total genius. I got to find out who this guy is. I'm going to call Jay's office and find out his name. But before I had a chance to do that, this thing came in the mail, but in the letter that promoted Gary Halbert's newsletter, and this is when he just first started his newsletter, he talked about Tova Borgnine ad and you know the perfume ad and it had the headline right there on the first page and i recognized that 
from being in those the boron letters that was printed in uh, J. Abraham's newsletter. And I said, this is the guy I've been after <laughs> and <laughs> wanting to learn from one of them in any case. So, yeah. um, you know, I immediately called and signed up for the, uh, the letter and, um, and actually the, the gal on the phone, uh, was his girlfriend at the time and Paulette, and uh, later, Paulette admitted to me that I was like one of the first people to subscribe. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so that's kind of how I got started. And I, I read, you know, whenever Jay would mention a book or Gary would mention a book, I'd get it. And at the time, for example, scientific advertising, I had to research the publisher because it wasn't in the bookstores. It wasn't in my library. So... <clears throat> and we didn't have the internet at the time or, yeah, yeah. or uh, Amazon. So <clears throat> I went to um, uh, the library and I researched who the publisher was. And I call, got their phone number. I called Crane Books up to order it. And they said, okay, fine. Uh, here's how you order. Send me a check. Send us a check for such and such amount of money. I forgot it was, $20, 21 something uh, with shipping and handling. Mm. And when we receive that and the check clears four to six weeks later, we'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that now. <laughs> so, 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 uh, I, I thought to myself, there's gotta be a better way than that to take an mm. order, you know? Mm. And of course I was right. But, uh, that was the combination scientific advertising and my life in advertising. Um, and Jay eventually printed scientific advertising, like I told you in, in the newsletter, but it was after uh, I called and ordered the book. But I eventually, eventually got the book. I read it cover to cover. Uh, one of the greatest books I read is, you know, it's kind of like uh, this archaic, outdated language, but the concepts were there. And uh, I was able to see through that. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, you would, you would, um, said something that I should talk about what I'm working on and what I'm passionate about. So mm. uh, what I'm working on and what I'm passionate about are sometimes the same thing, but yeah, sometimes always, very different. Yeah. <laughs> um, and unfortunately my passion is the classics, copywriting classics. Uh, I just love the classic stuff, the old stuff. Uh, it was on this webinar one time and um, at the end of the webinar it was with Jim Edwards and at the end of the webinar, we took questions and I made this offer, right? So a package yeah. of stuff that I sell on my site, scientificadvertising.com. And, um, and the, one of the questions was, uh, isn't that old stuff? <laughs> and, and so, um, and yeah, I, I gave a brief answer that I remembered from Jay Abraham giving, um, you know, introing yeah. uh, scientific advertising. And what he said was that human nature is immutable. I didn't, I, I never heard of the word immutable before, but in, in other words, it means it doesn't change. Mm. It's not changeable, you know, basic human mm. nature. And what you learn from that, what they knew, learned from that way long ago is really the same. It hasn't changed very much. Um, but then I examine that I, because I keep justifying why it is that I'm so passionate about these old, old things. And, and some are not that old. Some are like, you know, some of the stuff they sell, like Dan Kennedy's uh, older stuff, you know, back, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. 
uh, when he, you know, talked about audio using audio cassette tapes and uh, answering yeah. machines and stuff like that. Um, but you know, there's there's a magic that's captured in those pages that gets to the heart of things much faster, I think, and it's much easier to learn. So, for example, um, like when you take a look at um, you know, an ad like they laughed when I sat down at the piano, but when I started to play, yeah, you know, it's an emotional ad. And, you know, we know now that people buy on emotion, they justify with logic and they buy on emotion. Well, you can study emotional things today and try to get the emotional component out of them. But back then it was the techniques were more simple, uh, simplified. In other words, when you take a look at, they laughed when I sat down at the piano, um, it's kind of one particular principle, especially that really it focuses on in this emotional storytelling kind of a thing. And to me, it's just easier to get the principles out of that than to try to separate it out, separate technology from principles and get boil it down to the basic human nature of what we're dealing with when you're dealing with uh, copywriting. So anyway, that's why I, I'm passionate about that. I don't make very much money at it. If I did that only, I'd, I'd be a pauper. Um, <laughs> so I have to supplement that with things that I actually <laughs> make money with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I make a little money, but it's, you know, it's kind of mm. like coffee money. Um, you know, so my main activity is writing copy for, for clients and coaching students. Mm. Um, Mm. So, you know, those, what are the things am I, am I working on? Uh, well, actually, one of the things that I actually can't tell you too much about, but it's, it's, uh, it's one of my own projects that I just started a little while ago. And it's, a, it's a revolutionary, the thing, uh, something that is going to revolutionize email. Okay. And, um, it, it's really amazing because it's based on two principles that are extremely old and, not very well used today, if even used at all. Whenever, whenever they're used, they're probably used more like um, just out of happenstance and they, they don't even realize exactly what they're doing. Um, but anyway, it's, it's something that, you know, I don't see applied in email. And so I think that's going to be a real big thing. But that's a personal project. That doesn't make me any money yet because it's still in development. But um, so, you know, I'll write, uh, I write copy for clients. I have this one client who's come, uh, coming out with um, a new webinar kind of a system that's really focused on um, uh, the kinds of things you need to focus on in a webinar. I know there are a lot of webinar things out there. This one mm -hmm. is high quality, and uh, he's actually got a lot of experience in uh, telemar uh, telecommunications, uh, has a site that's been around for years and years, one of the highest quality um, uh, uh, services for audio only, and this will combine, combine it with webinar and video. So we're working on that. Uh, I do coaching. Occasionally, some of my coaching clients become partners. So, for example, I'm working uh, with one of my coaching uh, clients, uh, partnering on a product project for them. I have some uh, clients that I just write copy for whenever they need it. They call me up and, you know, do that. Yeah. And, um, and then I, you know, just in general, that's the kind of stuff that I do 
mostly writing copy and coaching people on how to write copy. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's so important, isn't it? But uh, um, um, what I'm fascinated uh, about, uh, it's a similar line to you about the, the classics of, of the history of copywriting, you know, guys like uh, um, Rosa Reeves and Noel Martin, who, who I don't think he was that long ago, but, uh, um, but uh, the old school guys like that, I have a similar interest in, in um, uh, uh, to you, a similar fascination. But I often wonder, you know, what is the disconnect between um, the materials that, that those guys used to put out back then and, and what we're doing now? Because uh, um, like you, I thought that, uh, that sometimes, you know, we get lost in the technology and we're, uh, we're um, in love with the latest new platform rather than um, the principles of copywriting and marketing. So um, where do you think the message uh, gets lost um, in between the two and, and how can we bridge that gap? Well, uh, exactly what I'm addressing, um, because when, when there are too many bells and whistles, and there are too many shiny objects that distract your attention mm. and make you think that it's the technology. It's not the technology. The techniques worked when you, uh, you know, before you, you, when you had cassette tapes that you had the, yeah, yeah. You know, for, for audio, when you had VHS tapes for video uh, or CDs uh, and DVDs, as well as the streaming video and, and audio and, and downloadable video and audio. Um, you need to separate the technology and the technology is important. I'm not, I'm not downplaying mm. technology. You know, I'm not an mm. anti-technology yeah, yeah. guy. Uh, but the principles that you've got to use when you're implementing the technology are things that existed before the technology existed. And you need to separate those out and the easiest way to separate those out is not to study current stuff, but to study the older stuff. Yeah. Because you'll notice, you know, when, when Dan Kennedy talks about sending out an audio cassette tape, yeah. you, you know that that's not a good <laughs> yeah. technique anymore, but that's not the thing you need to get from Dan Kennedy telling you to send out mm. an audio tape. It's like you get, you give them the audio and that helps sell the, whatever it is okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. in other words what's the principle behind it why do you send them an audio cassette tape why do you send them a long sales letter why do you do this why do you do that and there you know but to be sure there are new things that you need to implement and learn along with the technology but until you've got the basics and the foundation trying to implement the new things and making them work is nearly impossible um, I mean, it's possible to do, I suppose, I don't know, because I didn't learn it that way. I learned it the, the other way in, in, in natural progression. Uh, but very often what you find is when you get the new stuff, you get somebody regurgitating somebody else who's regurgitating somebody else, et cetera. You've yeah. heard of the telephone game, right? I call yeah, it the yeah, telephone, yeah, yeah. telephone game uh, effect for anyone who hasn't heard. You know, people sit in a serve uh, in a circle, and one whispers to the other, uh, to the one to their left, something, and then uh, they the, that person needs to repeat it to the person to their left, and it goes around the circle. Why it's called the telephone game, I, I don't know. I probably because <laughs> it, it originated. You know, you could do it with a telephone rather than yeah. people sitting in a circle. But anyway, when it gets down to the, around, around to the end, the person whispers it back, 
what they just were told and what it, that went around the circle and something entirely different. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's never something the same. Yeah. Unrecognizable. That's why when I first subscribed to Jay Abraham's newsletter, uh, I wanted to know his source of the information. Okay, I wanted to know where he got his information from, as well as his information, which was great. Um, but I wanted to know where he got it from, how did he learn this stuff, who did he learn it from. So whenever you'd mention a book, um, and uh, you know, Claude Hopkins' Scientific Advertising was one of the first books that he mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an interesting story, by the way. I think he's told this elsewhere, but we were on a phone conversation one day talking about this kind of stuff. And... <clears throat> we were amazed because I, I, I think I was telling him that I uh, had this little uh, mastermind group and uh, we, we swap tapes and, and books and stuff and, and then discuss it. And, um, and I told him, you know, I had this uh, thing that you printed from Napoleon Hill. Um, and uh, it, it was about, um, Oh God, I forget the name of it. Anyway, something from Napoleon Hill. I said, you know, I just love that thing that you printed in your newsletter. And so what I did is I, I printed it and I give it to practically everybody. And, and, uh, you know, I, some, I get a little feedback back, but you know, some of them, I, not too much. And he said, you know, I, I, when I first came, uh, this is Jay speaking now. Yeah, yeah. He said, when he first came upon scientific advertising, he bought like 50, 60 copies of it and gave it to everybody he knew, friends, clients, etc." And he said, you know, when I checked back later, hardly any of them ever even read the thing. Uh, and, you know, his explanation was when people get something for free, they don't value it. So. Yeah, yeah they uh they don't give it the value but also it requires you connecting with with the material and also connecting with it and transcending the oldness of the language because inside there you know like claude hopkins is the guy who started free sampling you know what yeah. we do now you know it's like you you virtually can't build a list until you give mm. somebody something for free yeah, yeah. which is contrary to the thing of you know uh them valuing the thing but uh it's one way to get them on the mm. list and then you, you sell them something and sure. hopefully they value it at some point anyway so um yeah that's um yeah that's where, where was i going with that <laughs> i don't know oh, yeah. i don't know how, but i was enjoying learn, it <laughs> how to how to learn the the principles of, of the good stuff you yeah, know, yeah you go back to the robert collier letter book and uh, I, I was the guy who reprinted that um, okay. in, uh, I forget when, when it was the, uh, oh, no, but years ago, I, I reprinted, I bought the, yeah. uh, the reprint rights from uh, Prentice Hall. Um, and then I reprinted it and, and sold copies of it. And um, hardly anyone came back and said they didn't like it. Um, but I think uh, one person on, eventually got onto Amazon and one person on Amazon said, um, all these letters are old. I can't use any of these letters. <laughs> well, it's like that they were examples of a principle that he was applying and using. You weren't supposed to just take the letters and use yeah, them as is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, well, that's kind of stupid, right? Um, so anyway, that's the kind of thing with the old stuff. It's not that you take it and use it as is, it's that you you perceive the underlying principle they're talking about. And it's clearer when it's in a, 
it's it's actually clearer when it's a totally different lang different language, which even though it's English, it's kind of a, an older mm -hmm. form of of English. They use different terminologies. They didn't call uh, companies companies. They call them houses or concerns. You know. Mm, yeah, concerns. The big one. So you, yeah. So you you kind of have to get a little of that language uh, through. But you know, they obviously didn't have the internet. But we use Claude Hopkins' principle every day on the internet successfully. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to not use that principle on the internet and make any kind of a, a mailing list at all. Even yeah. people who've never heard of Claude Hopkins because they've learned it through 17 other people after mm. that and they just learned it. Oh, okay, this, this is how you build a list. This is how you work. They don't know where it came from. And there's a lot more just to that, to where it came from there's a lot more in claude hopkins than just that thing but that may be the only thing they got so yeah yeah and um it's it's funny uh the the perceptions of of uh new people coming along and, and I, I was one of them at one point i didn't uh know any of the classics there was a, a time when that was true but uh, um people come along and they and they they say you know um uh your writing style is like, uh, um, like say, like uh, uh, like Frank Kern, but uh, for example, but uh, um, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's actually um, you know what he he learned from John Carlton, and John Carlton learned from from uh, from uh, uh, the classics as well. So um, what they're actually saying is that uh, that, that uh, uh, they're actually recognizing the the classics without even even actually being aware of it. So um, right. But it's, but in a much different format, like the telephone game, you know, it's uh, it's uh, uh, so different um, uh, in a lot of ways from uh, what the creators originally uh, uh, set it out as. You know, you've really got to go back and look at, at the old stuff to get the, the get the true picture. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, let's face it. If you wanted to be a playwright, would you not study Shakespeare? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're an English lit major, would you not uh, study Chaucer? Um, you know, if you if you're a writer, you know, you'd study people like, you know, Charles Dickens, Ernest yeah, Hemingway. Hemingway. Yeah. If you wanted to write um, horror novels, you'd study Stephen King. You know, mm. uh, and you know, there's an example. Stephen King. Uh, they recently they're uh, they're doing a um, they did a movie, I think. Uh, well, you know, it's already done. It's called, it's based on his 1986 novel, which was called It. And yeah. they just released it. It cost them 35 million to, uh, to make. And so far it's made $700 million. Mm. And it's an old novel. It's 1986. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone would agree. It's a 90, <laughs> 96, 06, 16. Okay, we're talking about 33 years old. So, yeah. like, that's old, right? <laughs> I mean, let's face it, when David Ogilvy discovered Claude Hopkins, Claude Hopkins was old then. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it still worked. When Jay Abraham discovered Claude Hopkins, Claude Hopkins was old. David Ogilvy was old, too. <laughs> but the stuff still works. And, you know, you, you know, if you want to study something, you study the masters. Uh, you, if you want to write uh, romance novels, you study Jane Austen. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Steinbeck, yeah. Thoreau, Tolstoy, 
for other things, you know, it, and, you know, even some of the, uh, some of the recent, um, you know, uh, successful writers like James Patterson, George R. R. Martin, Grand Game of Thrones, uh, J.K. Rowling, you know, for uh, Harry Potter and, and even Tolkien for, um, you know, Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, as a writer, if you want to be a, a really good writer, one of the things you do is you study the classic writers and you study uh, the, the top writers, the ones who are successful, because you want to know, uh, you want to study their work because you want to study something successful. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. And it's been uh, uh, more, they've been more successful than anything. It keeps adding up because... Uh, not only were they successful back in the day, but they're also successful through the re-implementation of, of everybody uh, modeling what they do in modern times. Right, yeah, so that's exactly. the ultimate success. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder who J.K. Rowling learned from, who, Tol who Tolkien learned from, mm. who George R. George R. R. Martin, or James Patterson, who they learned from. Um, actually, there, James Patterson, uh, I think, did one of the master classes, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't actually done that yet, but I'm uh, I'm planning to uh, to yeah, that would be an interesting link one. Link into that and learn what he has to say about and where hopefully where uh, how he uh, uh, who he studied to learn from. But I guarantee you, it wasn't some one of his contemporaries only. <laughs> you know, he, he probably studied contemporaries, but I'm sure he studied. Uh, but the uh, the deep principles come from the masters. Exactly right. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, that's that's true across the board with uh, with every top expert. You know, they they know the history. They don't ask a question on a webinar like uh, um, they don't you know ask a question like is isn't that old stuff? You know, um, oh, they might ask that, but you know, uh, uh, if the answer is yes, then that's great because I love the old stuff. So, um, so uh, that's the key to success in in uh, in the modern masters. Uh, mm -hmm. those who came before them right exactly and you know it's i'm not saying you shouldn't study the new stuff as well yeah but you're going to get the foundations and the and the, the basics of the stuff a bit better when it's more simplified mm. you know it's like when i went to college i actually studied engineering which is very science uh yeah. intensive and one of the things that I learned in, in science, when you study science and, you know, and how they teach it in college and high school even, uh, is that you separate out the principles uh, from the other stuff. And you just work on the basic principle and study the basic principle. So when you're studying motion, for example, in science, you don't take into account friction because that complicates the whole thing complicates the formula leave that to college when you have differential equations and yeah. calculus right but uh when you first learn it what you're learning is you know force equals mass times acceleration you simplify the formula now that formula doesn't actually work unless you take into account friction but it works in general it works well enough to get you into the ballpark mm. and to move you to the next step if you haven't learned that first trying to learn calculus and differential equations uh, in, yeah, in the physics that, re that relate yeah. and, and relate to that uh, is impossible until you've learned the basics. So, and that's where I think a lot of people go wrong is they try to learn just from contemporary people 
and you know take a course that somebody just did and put together and uh, they probably gloss over a principle or present it as if they they invented the principle when it was actually Claude Hopkins and yeah. uh, you know who who did it and actually explained it better if you if you read Claude Hopkins or Robert Collier or, sorry they're oh, that's fine the leaf blowers are going on outside <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that or not it but uh, it's fine. you know if you could um, if you studied them uh, the the, uh, the old guys the classics. Uh, it's just you get the why, you know. It, it, there's uh, there are two books that Claude Hopkins wrote. I mean, he wrote more than two, but the, the two main books are Scientific Advertising, which is where he laid down the principles basically, and then My Life in Advertising, which is essentially an autobiography, which tells you how he came upon those principles, and so that's almost even more an important book than scientific advertising because scientific scientific advertising gives you the principles but my life in advertising tells you how he came to discover those principles and that's i think even more valuable so yeah. uh, both are both are you know equally good yeah i definitely agree with that i mean uh, um, that's that's how you get all the uh, uh, cookie cutter marketing that they see nowadays uh, that everyone just copies each other and um, uh, they, they just implement something they think uh, should work, but it's really just copying from whatever guru they're following and, and right. they don't know the principles behind it. So they don't know the, the individual uh, subtle nuances of each part. So um, there's always going to be some part of that not quite uh, aligned with, with the audience. And so it doesn't really work as well as they hope. Exactly. And, and knowing the why of things is is even more important than knowing the what. Mm. Uh, you know, knowing the what tells you, okay, here's here's how it ends up. But and you could say, well, why should I know how it came to be this way? Yeah. It's because there's so many variations that can go on that you need to know how it came to be that way, so you can figure out how to adjust for those variations. And uh, when someone does something and it doesn't work, even uh, you know, today, you know, even people who've studied the old guys, uh, the classics, uh, when something doesn't work, you go back to the classics and you say, okay, how did he come across? Okay, here's oh, here's how he came across. Oh, now I see why this doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is this is something that I that I really got out of because uh, um, I just spoke at an event in Europe with Drayton Bird and and. Uh, um, Obviously, he's been uh, in the game for about, uh, uh, I don't know, 500 years. And, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> David Ogilvy, as you know, said he's one of the smartest guys in marketing. But uh, um, that's what I got out of, uh, uh, he did a couple of presentations there. So uh, the principles behind why, why he did everything. Some pretty entertaining stories as well. But uh, um, exactly along the lines of what you're talking about. Yeah. So... Um, how do you then uh, 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 connect that to training and coaching new copywriters? Because if, if it's uh, one thing you, you're well known for, like, uh, like you just mentioned, it's, uh, it's training new copywriters. I'm sure I had uh, one of your courses uh, um, or the DVDs of it uh, um, around the time when I was first starting out. Um, you know, uh, as you mentioned, you, you, you're big on 
on training and coaching copywriters. So how do you um, uh, make sure that they're uh, digesting and understanding the principles uh, to a deep enough level um, as well as all the new tactics? Well, um, when I first started out doing uh, coaching, what I, I do is um, I just get someone on the phone once or twice a week um, and I'd, um, I discuss a principle and then have them go do something with that and then they come back and they write something up and then we go, I critique it and, uh, you know, based on the principle, I understand what they missed or what they didn't get out of it or needed to get out of it. Mm. And then we, you know, go over that and then continue on from there. So there was no actually hard and fast step-by-step uh, -step procedure. It was just, you know, what you needed to learn because everybody starts at a different place. Okay. Some yeah. people have more knowledge than others. Well, everybody doesn't have the same knowledge, mm. <laughs> level of knowledge. They have different varying levels. So, uh, you know, what I consider my job as a coach is, and it's unlike motivational coaches where, you know, a motivational coach, they're, they're just trying to motivate you, you know, to yeah. do, to do what you know how to do. But in, in copywriting coaching, um, you got to motivate people as well. But in addition, you, you have to teach and you have to teach them the next thing that they need to learn, the most important thing they need to learn for the level of knowledge that they're at. And, and so that's what you, what you work on and try to work on. And so I did this for a couple of years with uh, dozens and dozens of students. I forget how many, over a hundred. And after a couple of years, I kind of knew the gist of what they needed to know or, you know, a group. And I, I did a, an in-person seminar and we recorded that. And that's, that became, um, the, the video audio transcript version of my copywriter protege program, which was started out as just a coaching program. And, um, when somebody signed up for it, um, and at the time it, it was uh, a couple thousand dollars a year. So you could, you yeah. know, that was a real bargain, but you know, still a couple thousand dollars is, is a couple thousand dollars. And, um, so, uh, what what they got at that time was you know essentially nothing so i uh, you know that was the plan uh, because it was all done on the phone but i thought you know i got to send them something you know it's nice to send get yeah. a package in the mail so i assembled a little I, I i called it my uh first uh package of goodies and i just put some things together and 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 sent it to them but that wasn't actually the course that was just like uh, research material or things to yeah. back up the stuff uh, but then when I when I did the copywriter protege program with the video and and the audio, um, that's what I sent them. And then then I get on the phone coaching them after they'd gone through it. Hopefully, not everybody did, but after they had gone through it, and I'd be able to point out uh, things that they had learned on on the video or on the videos. Uh, and and they'd get you know an, an epiphany oh oh okay that's how you, you know, because you know when you when you watch something you go through a training program you don't get all of it right you, you kind of you know have to go through it over and over again which is why uh you know jay abraham um said he read scientific advertising 50 or 60 times and um 
and I probably read it at least that much as well. And a lot of a lot of people I know who study it, you know, they keep rereading those old classics and stuff, especially you know scientific advertising. Yeah. My life in advertising, um, and uh, and one of the best ways to get that actually is if you have something on audio, because um, whenever you come on something that's really good, you want to repeat it because repetition is the best way to learn anything. Uh, and certainly anything that's um, semi-complex, you know, which is, you know, advertising is kind of a complex kind of thing that involves psychology and yeah. uh, studying human behavior and, and writing and all that good stuff. So whenever you come across anything really good, uh, repetition helps. And, um, and that's a whole other seminar. But uh, the, the easiest way, when I started out, what I used to do is I used to go for things that are on audio and and I put them in the car in those days audio cassette tapes and I listened to them on the way of commuting in those days um, when I first got started I was also doing um, work at, when I originally got started I was working as um, um, what was I working as programmer I think computer programmer I was uh, I, I know I was working in this one time for Merck, which is the pharmaceutical industry. And they were about an hour, 15 minutes away from my house, an hour and a half on a bad mm. day. Um, and so I throw a tape in there. Uh, this is before I became a full-time copywriter. And I put in a tape. Let's say it was Gary Halbert. And I, he did a tape series of his first, I think, six newsletters. And um, I'd listen to it during that hour and a half commute each way. So I had like three hours, two and a half to three hours worth of commuting time when I could listen to his tapes. And I quickly got through all, I think, or six hours. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, it only yeah. takes a few <laughs> days. And then, uh, you know, just kind of like, well, lazy, I'll listen to him again, right? <laughs> and then I just <laughs> do again. And then I get to it. And I'd repeat that until I got sick of it. And then I put in another tape series and uh, listen to that until I got sick of that. And then I'd say, oh, let me go back to see how Halbert is. And eventually I go back to Halbert and listen to that again. And every time I listen to it, I learn something new. Mm. So um, it just shows you how much is in that material. So anyway, uh, getting back to the, my copyrighted protege program, in essence, it had all of the things that um, I learned that copywriters needed to know. Now, there are probably some things that, in addition to that, that you need to know. I'm sure there are, uh, but they form kind of like a good basic structure and foundation uh, for the things. Yeah. So what would people would do is they'd you know, go through the videos or listen to the audios and stuff, and then they'd call me, and we'd critique something of theirs. And, um, and eventually, uh, that became another part of my coaching business, which is working with existing copywriters and doing what I call the co-write from the beginning. And so what we do is uh, they get on the phone and we brainstorm the idea, come up with maybe some possible headlines and subheads and offers and things like that. So two heads work much better than one, you know, so it's yeah. uh, oftentimes if you, if you work, can work together and understand the same basic principles. Um, and then they'd go back and write, you know, write their, uh, write their copy and then come back and we'd critique it and go over things and go back and forth like that. And, um, 
so that became you know another arm of my uh, coaching business uh, not just teaching co uh, copywriting but also just co-writing with existing copywriters so uh, and that I know where what question we start off with <laughs> to get the ear I don't know. I don't know but it's but I like where it went anyway um, uh, I, don't, I don't think that uh, 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 people mind too much about uh, us going off on on tangents like this because it's very informative and and uh, I think you're sharing a lot of a lot of great stuff which people are really valued yeah. And, you know, another thing that I think people are concerned about is uh, we're, we're now moving into the video area era. Um, I mean, we've been moving for quite some time. Yeah. More and more of a, a people learn, learn about things from video. I think YouTube has e crept up on Google as the main search engine, maybe even mm. exceeded it by this time. I keep hearing, you know, uh, words either way on those. Uh, but certainly competitive with it. And I think people find it much easier to watch a video than to um, to read a sales letter. But what I also find is that when I'm shopping for something myself online, um, and I've, I've had this experience where uh, someone is selling something. Uh, there's one guy selling some software that I really love almost everything that he puts out and I, I usually buy it um, but he only does videos and um, and I just introduced this to uh, one of my uh, partners and I said you need this software and I, I gave her a link to it and uh, she went to it and she's this is only a video I prefer having a sales letter so I can yeah. scan the sales letter and pick out what I you know kinds of things that I want uh, so I'm not saying you should give up video and go to a sales letter but you should supplement your video with the sales letter. And the sales letter can be, you know, even just a basic transcript reformatted into looking good as a sales letter, mm. maybe putting additional information that wasn't in the video or, or whatever. Uh, but don't think of one having to su supplant the other. Just like when radio came along, everyone said, oh, it's going to, kill the newspaper industry and it didn't kill the newspaper industry mm. it became a thing of itself and yeah. the newspaper industry just supplemented when tv came along they said oh that's the end of radio why would anyone just yeah, want to yeah. listen to something when they could see and listen but then radio became that's the thing you listen to in your car you know mm. when, uh, transistor radio in those days portable radios or on your phone um so, and when the internet came along, you know, oh, the internet, we don't need TV anymore. To some extent, that's true, but people still watch TV and they still watch, of course, video. And in the early days, you couldn't get video on the internet. Now we can because yeah. of the technology increase. Um, just like in the early days of mail order, it was uh, questionable whether you should use color in your copy because it increased the expense so much, but with the internet doesn't increase the expense at all. Mm. So we know that, yeah, obviously colors is helpful in some ways, but if you overdo it, you know, like anything, if you sure. overdo it, it just weakens it. Um, and this is something that I teach my copywriters. Uh, I tell them, you know, simple is, is often better. So if you have to use an adverb or an adjective, um, to modify a noun or a verb, uh, the more of those you use, the weaker 
your argument is because you've used too many. Use one or three um, and, and, or, and try it out with zero and see which one's the better one. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, sometimes uh, when you, you put too many adverbs or adjectives, it, it just weakens the, the verb or the noun. So you have to experiment with that and you have to just see, okay, which is more powerful. Simpler words are more powerful. Um, uh, you use um, a, a three-syllable word instead of a one-syllable word. Think about that. Just say both to yourself and see which is more powerful. I think most cases you're going to find that the simpler word is more powerful. Now, sometimes you want to throw in a big word because you want to exercise your uh, credentials in knowing the complexity of something. But if you write your whole thing like that, it's going to fa fall on its face. Yeah, sure. uh, you, you use it sparingly. And that's what people, that's what I think people have the hardest time with sparingly. You know, <laughs> it's like when they learn something new, they want to do everything that way. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. just be, <laughs> you know, selective. You know, it's more powerful if you're selective than if you just spray it all over the place. Um, true, true. And is that one of the, that's one of the biggest things that, uh, that uh, one of the biggest challenges um, copywriters have when they're learning the craft? When they're learning what? The craft of copywriting. Oh, the, the cross? Crux. Did, is that crux? Craft. Oh, craft. I'm sorry. Sorry, I mis misheard you. No, uh, craft. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, well, it's a slight accent, you know. It threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, craft. Yes. Yes. Definitely the craft of copywriting, uh, in, in my uh, American vernacular. <laughs> craft. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely that that does throw people off um, in anything, you know. But copywriting is a microcosm of of that, and. Um, certainly you know relevant yo let me introduce that thing that i was going to say i was going to do at the end and this doesn't have to be yeah. the end but yeah, uh, yeah. i just want to ask you about that yeah um uh, throw it in so what i i said is i'm going to show you how to be a copy uh, a better copywriter or a better writer in general and give you something that's better than money so uh this ought to be really interesting um and actually, this is the first time I'm actually, you know, dis, uh, dispensing either of these two things. So okay, this is nice. like new information. It was actually <laughs> new for me. Um, so anyway, okay, the first thing is how to be a better writer. Um, and this I learned from Jerry Seinfeld, okay? Actually, I didn't learn it directly from Jerry Seinfeld because I don't know Jerry, but I've seen all of his comedies. Um, and I learned it on lifehacker.com. Um, and um, it's lifehacker.com slash Jerry dash sign field, sign fields with an S dash productivity dash secret dash. Oh God, something else. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Just go to lifehacker. <laughs> probably Google it, yeah. Or, uh, or uh, Google Jerry Seinfeld productivity secret. Okay. All right. So when he was, uh, he was asked by uh, uh, this guy, Brad Isaac, um, on, um, you know, what makes a good copywriter, uh, a good comic writer, writer by the way, uh, not copywriter, mm, yeah. uh, you know, way to be a better comic. 
and so he said that the way to better to be a better comic is to create better jokes and the way to create better jokes was to write every day mm. okay so and then he went on to explain how he did it and what he did was he got a big wall calendar the kind that shows a whole year on a page yeah and you hang it on a prominent wall uh and then then the next step was to get a big red magic marker and um he said that um uh, every day that he did his task of writing he put a big red x over that day and after a few days you, you will have a chain okay of these red marks and you keep at it and the chain grows and longer longer every you know every uh week or every day that you you go along and um and then he said <laughs> and you could hear I'm sure you can hear Jerry Seinfeld and yeah. how he says things. Don't break the chain. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's basically it. If you want to be a, a good writer, a good copywriter, a good comic writer, good any kind of writer, and probably good anything, do it every day. So mm -hmm. even if you have to write for five minutes or 10 minutes, um, you know, write every day. If you're, if you remember you've got to do it and you haven't done it and you're standing in line for to get coffee, take out your phone and, you know, get out your notepad on your phone and, you know, write something, mm. um, you know, write it down, do it every day because, uh, and, and I found this to be true uh, even before I discovered Jerry Seinfeld's technique for doing this is that the more you write, the better you get at it. So, if you want to be a better copywriter, start writing copy and write copy every day and continue to write copy and just continue writing copy. You'll get better the more you do it. What I think people uh, holds people up is uh, they say, well, I need to know how to do it correctly. And so I need mm -hmm. to study this person. Yes, you do need to know how to do it correctly, but you also need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the thing. I mean, you, you, you can't do one or the other. It's like you can't just study the old people and study the new people. You got to do both. You, and yeah. so you, you can't just learn about copywriting and write uh, or write. You got to do both. Mm. So you got to do both every day. And so you got to study uh, something. So, so devote some time, a portion of your day, even if it's a small portion, if you're busy, even a small portion. Uh, write, uh, you know, write a, a little bit or, or a lot or as much as you can and then, um, and then study as much as you can, you know, but include those two things in every, every day and you will yeah. eventually get to be a top-notch copywriter or writer of any kind. Yeah. The second thing was, um, <clears throat> uh, the second one was what is better than, than money, Okay. And um, Jerry Seinfeld did a, um, an interview with Bob Roth um, from the David Lynch Foundation. It's on YouTube. It's called Success Without Stress. It was on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Um, you can go to YouTube and, and, um, and listen to that, watch that. Actually, watch and listen to it at the same mm -hmm. time. Um, and it, it's a little over an hour long. And it's not about this technique that I just gave you. Um, it's about transcendental meditation and how he uses it 
to um, uh, to to do his work, to do comedy yeah, and yeah. writing, get through the day and whatever. And one of the things that he said in there is he says <clears throat> that whenever he feels tired, uh, it's e either because he hasn't done his transcendental meditation, TM he calls it, of mm -hmm. course, abbreviates it, or he has to do his TM to get that, the energy back. So what I'm telling you is that writing, you, when you write, you're going to get tired. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna write, 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 and then yeah. it's gonna make you tired because it's actually an energy-sensitive activity, and um, and how you get your energy back is to um, there are different techniques. Now David Ogilvy talked about you just get up and do something else. He said have a shot of brandy or uh, no, it wasn't brandy. It was. Um, something more sophisticated than brandy. What is it? Um, something like sherry. That. sherry, sherry, that's what it is. A shot of sherry or whatever. Um, and that's a, that's a, an old creative technique. Um, James Webb Young, famous copywriter, David Ogilvy said was one of the best copywriters of all time, wrote a book called um, The Technique for Ideas. Technique for Producing Technique, Ideas. Yeah, 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 and in that he explains that whole creative procedure. I first learned it from a little booklet called Tobercharger Writing by uh, Joe Vitale. Um, but it's, it's an old technique. Um, and uh, I think Clark also wrote it in Brainstorming. Um, what it is, is that you do whatever activity in a focused, concentrated way. And then when you kind of hit the wall, you just get up and do something else. You relax, go do something else put it away for a day or two if you can, and then get back to it. Um, so anyway, that doesn't give you the what's better than money. But <laughs> Jerry in this, in this uh, interview said that he considers energy to be the thing that he seeks out, that he wants, not money. Of course, money's good. He likes that. He wants that too. But energy to him is more important than money because when you have energy, you can get money. And, and when you know how to increase your energy, and his method is using transcendental meditation, which is just very, the simplest form of meditation. Sit down quietly, feet on the floor, just sort of get quiet for 15, 20 minutes, okay? It re revise, revitalizes you. He said he did that before his stand-up routines and, um, and over the years, he's done that. And of course, for someone who's, who's had one of the longest running comedy shows in, in history, uh, that kind of says a lot. So yeah. I, I never thought I'd learn uh, about how to be a better copywriter from Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> but these are two things. And he says that that's better than money. So, uh, and he ought to know because he's got both. Mm. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> <clears throat> he's, so, a smart, he's a smart man because uh, one of the other um, interviews uh, uh, that I heard um, with Jerry many years ago. Uh, it's glad to, I'm glad you mentioned him because um, he said in this other interview that uh, this is about editing. Um, it's not quite related to what you were just talking about, but uh, but he know, he would make a good copywriter as well because he said to this interviewer, um, I can't remember who it was, but he said, uh, you know, I'll spend an hour 
editing an 80 word joke down to five or 10 words if I can. So, right. um, which uh, um, is a very important principle uh, of copywriting editing. So, um, that's something that, that, that I, I picked up from him many years ago too. Yeah, in, in fact, in the writing industry, and you know, it, it just goes to another thing. If, if you want to, if you want to be a good copywriter, don't study just copywriting stuff. Study writing yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and um, and and so in in the writing industry in general, what they <laughs> there's this phrase that's called writing is rewriting, and what that basically means is that the first thing you put down is not what you're going to end up yeah, with yeah. You, you have to edit and edit and rewrite and rewrite and edit and i think uh, beginning writers don't realize how much of this that you actually have to do and how much of it never comes out the first right the first time you just basically get um you get it out i have a, a thing i teach people in my course on um you know how to how to uh, go about doing that there's like actually a procedure um, in how you start out doing that and it eliminates writer's block and all that good mm. stuff. But the basic thing is that, uh, you've, you've got to, um, you've got to edit your stuff and you've got to do a lot of editing. And I think most writers just don't realize how much editing actually goes into the, uh, into the final thing. And, yeah, true. True. It's, it's an art form to it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, what else can you tell us about the uh, um, about the copywriting uh, process as you see it, uh, training your uh, proteges and all of that? So, well, one of the things that uh, I learned from some screenwriters, and um, uh, one of the little-known facts in the world is that I went to film school, um, and I um, uh, we had this uh, um, this period where uh you know we'd invite a bunch of um experts in in the field to come and speak um and it, i think it was in conjunction with a um, um a film um you know of like a film event okay where student films were shown in other films um <clears throat> anyway we had these screenwriters uh there and one of them um Jeez, I forget his name. This famous screenwriter, I just names the the names escape me, but um, uh, people probably recognize it from. He used to be a lawyer, and when he was a lawyer, how he wrote his screenplays was he got up real early in the morning, uh, and I think it was like five o'clock in the morning, and he started writing until he had to take the kids to school at around eight o'clock or whenever. And then, um, you know, do go to his lawyer job, his legal job. And, uh, and he became a famous uh, screenwriter. Um, and I, I wish I could remember his name because it's <laughs> in the movies, but I, it's down somewhere. I just, the, yeah. the details escape me. But anyway, he, so this was a little talk that he gave that I, I actually filmed the talk. So I actually have them on tape somewhere. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I got to dig that out um, where he says this. And um, later on, this other screenwriter who used to be the head of the Screenwriters Guild and did Beverly Hills Cop. Now, if you look that up, you'll find out. Actually, I should yeah. probably look that up anyway. 
Um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Cop Screenwriter, writer. Um, and it's going to tell me Daniel Petrie. Yeah, Daniel Petrie. <laughs> um, so Daniel Petrie uh, spoke after him. And, um, and after he spoke, he said, uh, you know, I have a similar uh, technique. I get up at four or five every, every day, and then I have my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so his technique was that, you know, instead of getting up four or five in a.m. in the morning, he, he got up four or five, and that was his best time to write, four or five in the afternoon, mm. and that was his best time to write. So everybody has their best time to write. You just have to figure out what that is and, and write, yeah. as well as the best method of writing. Some people prefer writing it out in, in, in their own hand on, a, um, you know, on, on paper. Um, you know, pen and paper or pencil and paper, whatever. Uh, Gary Halbert was like that. He had to do everything on, you know, paper, uh, pen yeah, and paper. Yeah. Um, uh, but other people do it on, uh, on the computer. Um, and, you know, if, if that's, you just have to try out which way is better. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually use a combination of the two. Um, and for ideas, for example, I do mind map, map mapping. Uh, if you're familiar with that, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, it's a, one of the creative techniques that I use, and very often I'll just do that on a sheet of uh, blank copy paper. What um, is copy, not as in copywriter, but yeah, as yeah. in copying machine or printer paper, uh, unlined paper on a clipboard, and I'll just do my own version of a mind map. Turns out that my version of a mind map is not the official version of a mind map, but I like mine better and yeah. it serves <laughs> me well. So I do it my way. And uh, then what I do from that is I take a look at the mind map and then I start writing. Uh, and I could write on paper, but the, the reason I don't do that anymore, I used to do that and then transcribe it, but I thought the whole transcription process um, was a bit awkward and he used up too much paper and it was a uh, starting to get to be a um uh an organization problem because i like to save every piece of paper that i've ever yeah. done <laughs> and it got to be overwhelming after a while so i now do it on uh on computer and uh, also it helps with the editing process because you preserve it and that being said there was a, a value that i kind of miss uh, by not writing it out in, in hand from the mind map as well and then transferring it to computer because it gives me one, one more step in editing. But you could do that on a computer, just seem to have a little bit of discipline. So, you know, you, you do it on the computer and then you edit and you edit and you edit and you're going to do more than one edit anyway. So um, <clears throat> that's, that's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Um... Oh, great. So um, where do we go from here? Um, did, you, did you say you were going to um, uh, share your screen at one point to, for something? Yeah. Um, actually, if, uh, if you show my screen, I will... Um... And you should be able to share your screen. Oh, and if... oh yeah. I have to share my screen. Yeah. I'm sorry. If I, that's all right. If, anyone, let me... yeah, if anyone's let me... listening um, on iTunes, then... Uh, uh, you have to find this episode on YouTube, but uh, um, uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. And I'll tell you when I can see it. Okay. 
let's see if I can uh, do this properly. Share. Okay, should be there any second. Can you see Jerry Seinfeld? Not yet. No, okay. You see anything on my screen? According to this, it says I'm sharing my screen. Oh, start video? No. No, let me um, check the. Uh, um... Uh, it says you should be able to share. So I don't know what uh, what exactly okay. you're seeing. Uh, let there. me uh, let me try um, unsharing it and then sharing it again. So um, let's try this way. Okay. Okay. It says I am sharing it. You see anything yet? No, nothing's coming through. It's not. It's not sharing right now. I can tell okay. you that much. It's not sharing. All right. Well, according to this, it says it is, but uh, I believe you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally uh, not seeing it otherwise. Right. Okay. Well, um, so I guess we, I can't share my screen. So that's okay. I can just. Um, I can just. Uh, tell you what I was I was just going to put up the YouTube video it's called Bob Roth interviews Jerry Seinfeld on success without stress um, and I was also going to give you my website uh, a couple websites uh, my main website for me uh, is carlgaletti.com uh, but if you go to carlgaletti.com slash about me, all lowercase, no spaces, about me, there's a short bio there, um, which you can read and yeah. find out a little more about me. And my main site for my classics, the, uh, the, the thing that, that keeps me in, um, uh, gee, I'd like to coffee say money. Co coffee money, <laughs> but it's like, well, it takes... Uh, I don't know how long before I, there's enough coffee money to actually buy a coffee, but uh, <laughs> there's a little coffee money there. Anyway, um, is scientificadvertising.com. And even if you have scientific advertising already, you should, um, you should fill in the opt-in below. You'll get another copy of it, of course. Yeah. Um, but you'll get my version, which has a few illustrations thrown in um at the proper place where he talks about something and it shows the illustration yeah um, so once once well once you get that once you sign up for that not only we get scientific advertising but once a month i send out a newsletter called carl galetti's internet marketing newsletter uh which kind of brings people up to date on the latest happening on internet marketing um it's usually about a 37 this month's issue is a 37 uh, page uh, newsletter now eventually I'm going to get it to where when you sign up you get scientific advertising the uh, the uh, one new one of the new newsletters one a sample newsletter which I used to charge $27 a month for I don't charge anymore as long as you're uh, you're on my list you get a free copy every month um, it's a substantial newsletter, 37 pages. So uh, 
substantial. Um, and then some more stuff, but I'm in the process of redesigning that. And um, but it's on an as as I get time to do it basis. So it's not going to be for a while, but you will get the newsletter yeah. on a monthly basis. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to um, put links up to all of this. And if you're listening on iTunes here, go to uh, Geniuses of Copywriting website and uh, um, Carl's episode will be on there with all these links. So we've got um, carlgaletti.com. Mm -hmm. We've got scientificadvertising.com. And that's where, the, uh, um, where you can sign up for the uh, uh, scientific advertising book and lots of other stuff. And I've got this, uh, um, uh, I found on YouTube, this uh, Bob Roth interviews Jerry Seinfeld on mm -hmm. uh, success without stress. Great. So I've got the, uh, um, I've got the uh, interview up there. Um, you should also, um, you know yeah. what, I'll, I'll send you the link on this, um, um, on the Lifehacker uh, article with Jerry Seinfeld productivity secret, or maybe you could just, Search. Yeah, I can just Google that. Um, sure, Seinfeld. That's the life hacker thing. Might even come up with some other good information on it. I'm just going to search that myself. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's the first thing right there that comes yeah. up if you put Jerry Seinfeld's uh, productivity. Yeah, this is all great thing. stuff. So, uh, um, uh, so yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, so I appreciate that. There's got some great stuff there. I watched this uh, interview as well. Um, we've got uh, scientific advertising and calgaletti.com as well. Mm -hmm. um, but scientific advertising oh. is the one to go to get the book. Right. Let me mention one more thing. Copycoach.com. That's where I do my coaching uh, program. Copycoach.com. Okay. Haven't seen that one yet. But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'll put up uh, some links to all this stuff because this is really good. And um, and yeah, it's a, a good looking site as well, good copy. And so um, you're one of the uh, uh, best known people uh, that I know of in the industry, um, along with people like uh, David Deutsch and David Garfinkel, who uh, uh, are really known for coaching and, and creating other um, you know, uh, successful copywriters. So this is this is why I want to share these resources with uh, all the listeners as much as possible, um, so they can take advantage of your your expertise. So, um, I mean, what you've uh, uh, what you've talked about on on this uh, call has been uh, absolutely amazing, and and uh, I've I've taken my notes and I'll be getting the transcription and everything, but. Uh, but to really, really dive deep uh, with you, you've got copycoach.com, scientificadvertising.com as well. So um, uh, I think those are the, your two contact points uh, uh, for more information, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I strongly recommend that, uh, that anyone who's listening to this uh, go and, uh, go and uh, sign up with, uh, uh, with you as soon as possible and get, get that sorted because it's very, very worth it. You're definitely a genius of copywriting, and I appreciate everything that uh, that you shared on the on the call today. It's it's uh, been one of the uh, one of the most valuable ones that, that we've had so far. So I'd like to thank you very much for that. 
Well, you're welcome. I hope I was uh, informative and people learned something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, even I learned. I, even I learned stuff on on these calls. Like, um, I didn't know. I didn't know Jerry uh, uh, Seinfeld actually was that much into meditation that uh, that he did all the time, and he must have been doing it uh, uh, for many years now. But um, yeah, uh, you'll, you'll yeah. find out in the interview because he talks yeah, yeah. about that. He's been doing it uh, before Seinfeld came out. Wow, that's, that's really the, interesting. The TV show, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. Again, uh, this is very valuable. I'm glad that that uh, that we could get together and do this. So I appreciate that. Um, uh, again, if you're listening on iTunes, go to um, copycoach.com, scientificadvertising.com. Those uh, two sites where you can uh, um, uh, get more info on Carl and. and uh, potentially work with him. Um, it's also cargaletti.com and, and uh, uh, I'll also throw these links up um, on, the, uh, um, on the website at, uh, at uh, geniusesofcopywriting.com. So, so thanks once more. I really appreciate this. We'll have to have you back on the show sometime. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.